welcome. Pull up a seat, grab a cup, and get ready to share, listen, and learn. This is my favorite coffee story with your host, Aniko Samoji. You'll hear about the stories about coffee itself, the history, health benefits, recipes, and more, along with some personal stories inspired by coffee and the lifestyle. Now, here is Aniko Somoji. Welcome to My Favorite Coffee Story. We are so happy you've joined us. Welcome to our listeners around the world. And welcome to our friends in China as well and our friends across the United States. We have such a fun and wonderful show today. We're talking about promoting relationships through coffee. Our wonderful guest is joining us from Cincinnati, Ohio. His name is David Gaines. And before I introduce David, we have our Anikona Farm moment. So we've been roasting coffee at Anikona Farm. We did some medium and some dark roast. So it's been a big roasting week. And the Haluwa Kona Coffee Mill in Haluwa right above Kona, has been roasting our coffee ghee. The master roaster there does an amazing air roast. She actually, I feel like you can almost taste Kona flavors in the bean because it's air roasted and there aren't any smoky or maybe burnt undertones. So we really appreciate our friends over there at Haluwa Kona Coffee Mill. We also had a fun farm lunch at Anikona Farm with our friends from Puna Chocolate who grow their own cacao on the big island of Hawaii, and they do an incredible job with their coffee. It's so delicious. Um, I really appreciate their coffee. I'm sorry, their chocolate, and they are thinking of doing a coffee chocolate bar, and I'll have to keep you posted on that. So today we have David Gaines joining us from Cincinnati, Ohio, and he is with La Terza Artisan Coffee Roastery. He's the primary owner and head of La Terza Coffee, and we are so delighted you joined us, David. Welcome. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I know that you are involved, certainly, in running La Terza Coffee, but you also are involved in um, a, a group called Social Enterprise Alliance, and we can't wait to hear more about that. La Terza does an incredible job where you build relationships with customers. Your customers are very important, but you also build relationships with the coffee farmers. And we're looking forward to hearing a little bit more about that as well. And I understand that La Terza in Italian means the third. And um, we'd love to hear how you came up with that and how the third the word third really plays an important part in La Terza. First, if we may hear from you, David, please, a little bit about your personal journey, how La Terza began, and how you decided that you wanted to be involved in La Terza Coffee Company. How did that all yeah. start, please? Well, uh, a friend of mine, La Terza has been around for about um, 15 years, and a friend of mine actually started the business. Um, Chuck Thaler, and uh, when Chuck and I met in, each other in college, and you know, so Chuck was telling me that he was getting ready to start this coffee roastery, and I was sitting at his kitchen table, and I said, "That's awesome! I don't like coffee, so have fun with that one." <clears throat> and uh, so uh, he he chuckled and he said, "No, no, no! Try this!" And it was the first cup of coffee that I thoroughly enjoyed, 
and I had no idea that there was such a difference between amazing coffee and, you know, kind of just your basic run-of-the-mill coffee. Um, so, you know, here I am today now the owner uh, of La Terza, and, but uh, uh, to this day I, I, I love a great cup of coffee, and if it's just your basic coffee, then I, I'm not really a fan of that. So that still holds true today, but I've certainly learned the, the craft and um, just the appreciation of single origin and um, just a specialty roasting of coffee. And La Terza does so, such a wonderful job with that. I know your yeah. customers really appreciate that. Yeah. So um, La Terza means the third, like you mentioned, and it is an Italian uh, word, and that's kind of just to say, hey, Italy, thanks for inventing this espresso culture, and we really appreciate that. Um, but the third is just the, all these threes that show up uh, regularly in coffee. You know, it's, it's sourced from the three major regions in the world, um, the Central South America, uh, Southeast Asia or Indonesia, and Africa. Um, there are, for us, three pillars that we're just super passionate about um, sourcing at the highest possible level, and that's really this two-way street where we get amazing coffee but also are working closely with our farmers and importers that have just built their reputations on you know, being hands on the ground, really making deep impacts in the community. And uh, we're trying to ask, you know, what, what is truly a living wage for these coffee growers? So sourcing yeah. is critical. Um, obviously, the roasting is a critical component, and, and we do everything in small batches. So uh, from batch to batch, everything might have just a little bit different profile depending on where we're getting that from. And then the third component being uh, we really try to get all of our coffee delivered fresh to the customer, trying to keep everything in a super sweet spot. Um, so all of our wholesale accounts, we deliver the same day as uh, roasting, and then we do a lot of online orders as well um, because uh, Monday through Friday we're roasting, and everything that's roast, uh, ordered online is roasted and shipped out the same day. So it really shows up uh, pretty quickly to, to the customer. Um, and then the final third is... We do so much work with our wholesale accounts um, and really just keying in on this idea of the third third place. You know, it's not your home, it's not your work, but that true community living room. And we're very passionate about helping third-place coffee shops uh, not only survive but really thrive in their communities. I love how you say that coffee is a catalyst for new friendship and deep conversation, and that is so true. And I think at La Terza, you definitely live and breathe that. And I love how you also are celebrating these farms around the world and ensuring that you're, you're treating the farmers fairly and that they're earning true living wages. How you say that coffee should touch the soul is, is just a beautiful comment. Tell us, please, a little bit how you came up with those goals to do sustainable sourcing and make sure that you meticulously roast your coffee. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it does tie into kind of how I entered in the story. Um, I bought the business from Chuck about five years ago, and I got involved because um, really he's just such a great artist and loves coffee, but things like accounting and business planning, that, that, that wasn't his strength. And um, so I got involved with just kind of coaching that 
and really understanding that his strength was not uh, is not really what he loved to do. Uh, I instead offered to purchase the business, and then um, obviously he's very much involved with who we are today still, but now it gets to just do only what he loves. Um, but during that transition, I was uh, enjoying myself. Um, I was doing business coaching and getting to learn Chuck's business and recognizing you know, how diligent uh, we were trying to source coffee really well, and, and not in a way that gives back, but actually a way that was integrated into the business practices. Um, so that was really the first time I had seen a business uh, work really hard to do that. And I was just, um, as I was getting involved, just that's the kind of business that I wanted to be a part of. Um, and even to help other businesses uh, think of the social elements in that way, where we, they were really integrated into the business practices. So um, I'm kind of learning the business from Chuck and, and getting involved and uh, was like, wow, I, I only want to work. Like as a consumer, I want to buy from other businesses that kind of have this good social element built into them. Um, you know, how do I find that? And, and what the, what is the definition of good and, and all of those kinds of things? So I uh, really began to kind of explore those questions um, and have learned so much, and that's eventually led into my involvement with Social Enterprise Alliance, which we can talk about in a little bit. But um, just that that coffee touches the soul idea. It's such it's such a great product. It's not something just to wake us up in the morning, but it's something to actually savor. And when you recognize how much work is put into uh, the growing aspect, and and how much intentionality can be behind the roasting and even just the systems of getting the coffee to the customer very quickly, you know, there's so much energy in that. It's supposed to be this amazing drink that we just thoroughly enjoy and, and get those cupping notes. So it touches the soul in, in the consuming aspect, but you're literally drinking a product that has touched so many different hands and so many lives um, impacted bringing that cup to your, to your home or, or to your coffee shop. You know, and, and to me, the, the idea of coffee touching your soul is that it just connects everybody. It's such a great global drink. Um, every culture has their own approach to coffee, and and it's also just this drink that naturally encourages uh, friendships and conversations. And, you know, I can go to a coffee shop and have a very intimate, private conversation or date with my wife it's also a great place to meet someone for the first time and just to get to know people. So it's just, there's something so magical about this drink and it just, it connects all of us together. So that's, when we talk about coffee touching the soul, that's really the idea. A lot of businesses can learn from La Terza and how you actually look at social impact, you know, with your business, certainly treating your customers in a way that you treat them as family, but also how you handle business and how you also treat your employees. When when you were starting La Terza or when Chuck Taylor started La Terza, how did you then develop your team or sort of pull your team together, especially with the roasting team and Robert from Uganda? Yeah. <clears throat> so um, shortly after I bought the business, Robert um, is who is now our head roaster. Robert Mbazi. Uh, he he was he grew up in Uganda, 
Uh, he actually won the African Barista Championship and then competed, um, I believe it was 2012, at, in Vienna for the World Barista Championship. And, um, and he was a Q-grader. So he met his wife in Uganda. She was from Cincinnati and was doing some human, humanitarian work. Um, they met in Uganda. They eventually moved to Cincinnati. And Robert went to all the different roasters in town, and uh, he kind of he came back to us and he really just asked, like, hey, could I please work with you guys? I love your product. I think uh, it's just amazing. I really don't want to work with anybody else. So that was quite an honor uh, and really even spoke to um, how well Chuck kind of developed his espre- the espresso blend and, and kind of some of the profiles that we were working on. Um, and so, you know, we were thrilled to have him join the team and, and really – our coffee was very good at that point, and it went to a whole nother level. Just to even watch Robert and Chuck kind of grow and learn together um, was really just fascinating. And and I think that that's one of my favorite parts of the team is that we're constantly learning and, and growing. You know, Robert has such knowledge and Chuck has such knowledge, but we've realized that there's so much more to learn, and it's just not – it's really – I'm not sure when the learning ends. Um, and we've – We've set up our roastery just to be this uh, teaching facility. So we actually don't have a coffee shop. Um, we are just a roasting facility in a warehouse district. We're next to a brewery. Um, but like in, in Ohio, a lot of breweries are warehouses, and then they'll have a tap room where you can kind of try the product and maybe go on a brewery tour. We set up our business to be the same thing. Um, and, and a lot of that, I think, has to do with our not only learning, but for teaching other people. Um, I always tell people, my wife is a teacher, my dad's a teacher. I happen to be, I'm a teacher, I just happen to own a, the company culture has just always been one that's super inviting, bringing people in. We do a roasting tour every Saturday morning where we just, uh, you know, talk through the history of coffee and the history of our company and our approach um, and bringing people into the farming practices. You know, it's, it's just so fascinating, like, Coffee is such a highly tr- traded product. Um, depending on how you measure, it's the second traded commodity in the whole world. And so it's, for most people, just this consumable good. <clears throat> but to bring people into the process and share the stories of the farms that we're buying the coffee from, you know, quickly people realize how much energy goes into this. Um, and I think what, for me, one of the most, uh, on the tour we kind of talk through different um, segments and we make sure that at least every tour is asked similar questions or has some kind of facts. But my favorite question to, or fact to talk through with people is that uh, a coffee tree only produces about one roasted pound of coffee per year. So, uh, you know, we have pictures of farms and pictures of trees. And so you see that in, in scale. And, um, you know, my wife and I, we go through a bag of a 12 ounce bag of coffee a week, which I think is pretty average. And when you do the math, that means in a picture that we show on the tour, we are 39 trees. You know, our family represents 39 coffee trees. And so just bringing people into that all of a sudden sheds light into, wow, this is, there's a lot of energy that goes into this. And, and that begins them on this journey of, oh, wait, this is something to savor. This is something to really take a lot of uh, pride and, and value in as I drink it um, in the morning or afternoon. So it's just really been a lot of fun to pull a team together that has such a education focus and mindset. 
and it seems like your your strengths definitely complement each other, which makes for such a nice team. And it it sounds like um, as you all came together and you worked together, it also sounds like you had very similar goals for La Terza, and there's this educational component. You know, there's 2 billion cups of coffee consumed daily around the world, and as you say, each tree can produce maybe about a pound or so um, drinkable coffee because even as, for example, at Anikona Farm, we pick 12,000 pounds of coffee. It's all by hand. Um, there's a lot of aloha that goes into that process, but mm-hmm. from the 12,000 pounds, we ended up actually being able to um, roast about 1,500 of that for estate-grade beans. And so it just shows all the love that goes into the process from removing the skins, from drying, from um, then removing the parchment, and then grading the beans. Uh, It's it's such a a process, and a lot of pride goes into it. So thank you for sharing your process. Um, You mentioned that um, Robert is a Q-grader. And before we go to break, David, would it be all right for our listeners if you could kindly take a minute to just describe what a Q-grader does? Because that's such an honor to actually have that certification. Right. Yeah, um, I, I probably can speak less to the technical aspect, but just, uh, you know, learning from Robert every day, I, I think, uh, has been fascinating. But you know, a Q grader basically is grading the quality of the coffee. Um, you know, most coffees are, are are graded on a scale, just like a, a great wine would be or a beer. And uh, the Q grader understands all that. It's a series of tests that are, uh, uh, you know, describing flavors and and really learning to taste and smell all of these amazing notes that might come out of the coffee and some bad ones too, you know, how to, how to grade coffees that maybe have some defects in them. <laughs> but the way, the best way I know how to describe it is, you know, there's in, in wine world, you have that sommelier or the master sommelier uh, that's really kind of coming up with some cupping notes and, and grading the wine and in coffee world, that Q grader is the same, same as that master sommelier. It's, it's really fascinating how rigorous that certification is. Um, and it's quite a treasure to have, him on our team for sure. It it really is. I know it it's um it it's something that not everyone can actually achieve. Becoming a Q grader. Thank you for sharing with us, David, what that entails, and we so appreciate that Robert has that credential and and brings that to La Terza. It's been so nice chatting with you, David, about how La Terza began, how your team was formed, some of the things that La Terza really focuses on. Uh, focusing on the best farms, how you roast, the freshness of your your roast, and, and also how you sustainably source and work with the farmers. When we come back from the break, listeners, please join us. We're going to be talking a little bit more about ethical sourcing and working with competition and some of the environmental goals that Terza has right after the break. Please join us. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Ani Kona Farm. 
where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So from our heart to yours, enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. Please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for You with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. listening to my favorite coffee story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to my favorite coffee story. We are so glad you're with us. We're having an amazing chat with David Gaines, who's the owner of La Terza Artisan Coffee Roastery in Cincinnati, Ohio. And we had talked about how David and the team came together with Chuck Baylor and the roaster Robert Mambazi, if I hope Mambazi, if I have that okay. But we are we're so excited to hear a little bit more about all the good that La Terza is doing in terms of promoting social enterprise and sustainability. David, please tell us a little bit about some of the things you've learned doing your social initiatives and what some of those things other businesses could learn that you've learned. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, as I mentioned, um, you know, I started to get involved with Laterza and just uh, loved that uh, our sourcing practices really built into the fabric of the business. And, uh, you know, so I Again, I bought the business, and, and I began to then really unpack that and quickly realized that for the sourcing uh, idea, it wasn't this checkbox. It wasn't, um, you know, we source coffee well, yay for us, and we're all done. But it was something that we wanted to continue to push into and always be just a little bit better at it. Uh, when we bought our, you know, company T-shirts, we didn't want to just buy the cheapest ones we could find or, or whatever parameters, we really wanted to have that same um, intentionality put into the sourcing of those. So, you know, as um, a lot of people are learning, you know, coffee is really a poorly traded product. 
um, even building into systems of indentured servitude and, and kind of modern-day slavery. So, you know, one of the ways that we're combating that is through this ethical trading and, and making sure that there were we are doing that living wage uh, purchase uh, from that supplier. Um, the clothing industry is very similar, where it, it has a lot of this bad trading piece to it. And, um, you know, so how do we buy shirts that are also ethically made? And um, we, we found a supplier that is working with women who've been rescued from the sex slave trade in India, and we were able to get our shirts printed there. And so even our shirts now are part of a great story. And as we work with farmers um, and importers now, how do we continue to push into that? One of the things that's really cool about Robert's certification with the Q grader is there's so much that he knows to even help other farms have a better product, which helps us then to um, be able to pay more of a premium for that product. And um, we're excited that this year we have a farm in, in Honduras that we've, I've uh, been working with for about a year now, and uh, this year we're planning to go to uh, create a farm origin trip that has some kind of a mission trip component to it, you know, yes. um, where we can help maybe neighboring farms have, uh, th- this farm that we work with has amazing coffee, and the neighboring farms could really use help getting, we know that the region there can have, have this amazing coffee, so how do we help the neighboring farms uh, better their growing practices so that we can continue to build into the entire community. You know, can we play a role into um, the school that's there? And, and we're trying to, you know, could we could we bring um, and create a, help them create a computer lab at the school that's in this um, community in Honduras? So the sourcing component isn't this checkbox, but it is something that we want to just keep pushing into. Yeah. So I'm learning all this and, and just falling in love with that component of the business um, and quickly realize that, you know, that's such a great story, but that story ends real fast if I'm a jerk as a boss or an employer. So how do I treat my team members well? And, and really um, how do, how do we create this team atmosphere, which has so many great side benefits, uh, people that stay longer and aren't looking for new jobs and there's less turnover, but really just, treat my team well just because that's that's what it's all about like to me the definition of social enterprise uh means a lot of things to a lot of people and some people maybe not haven't haven't even heard of that phrase but a social enterprise is a business that has kind of these social components into it and really very traditionally it is more in that non-profit sector so if you ask someone what social enterprise is some people say it's only non-profit some people do say it's for profit. Uh, some people say it's it's companies that give back, like Tom Shoes is a great example of that. Some people yeah. actually don't want companies to give back. They want to um, incorporate these practices in their business. So to me, the um, definition of social enterprise at the core of everything, it's a really pretty basic definition. You you treat other people the way you want to be treated. And, and what I've learned through the, this business, um, through La Terza, is there's really seven groups of people that every organization interacts with. So, you know, again, we talk about the sourcing and, and then the second group being the, the team that we've created, but realizing there's so many others, the, the third being, um, you know, our customers. And for, so for us at La Terza, the social element is very important, but it's the second most important thing. 
we are very focused on the quality of the coffee and making sure that quality is number one. The social uh, energy is right underneath that. Um, and we are very intentional about that order of things because we don't want to manipulate our customer. We never want to say, hey, buy this coffee, and it's kind of a premium price point, but it's, and it has a great story, and that's why you should buy the coffee. We want you to buy our coffee because it's amazing coffee, and it has a great story associated with it. And, and it becomes this more sustainable version um, of selling coffee. And, and that customer, when they love the coffee, they're going to buy it again, which ultimately helps that farmer long term. So treating your customer the way you want to be treated um, is, is also just a very important piece. Um, and, and so the, kind of those three ideas, the sourcing well, treating your employees well, treating your customer well, were really the first pieces that I, I got to see as I got involved with Laterza. And um, the fourth one category that kind of came to my mind or, or realizing that we were interacting with was our competitor. And, you know, this idea of buying coffee ethically is great, but it, in a weird way, it's not supposed to be special. That's supposed to be the baseline. So there's some other great roasters in Cincinnati that have very similar missions and making sure that they're buying ethically traded coffee. So the question is, how do we help encourage one another in, in doing that while also being competition, uh, being in competition? Because the goal is that every roaster in Cincinnati or every roaster in the United States is buying ethically traded coffee. So, we're better if we work together for that initiative instead of trying to be in competition all the time. So that's definitely messy, um, but I can truly say that I have friends that are other owners of other roasting companies, and those friendships have formed because we are in competition with one another. Um, and that's been just uh, fascinating and uh, makes me so happy to be able to do that. It's still hard. You know, when another competitor gets an account and we don't, you know, that doesn't feel good. But um, but the end goal and, and remembering that we're all part of a bigger story is really just yeah. such a foundation. So so I kind of saw yeah. those four pieces and, and yeah. even yeah. sharing the definition that social enterprise is simply treating other people the way you want to be treated made me pause and realize, well, what other groups of people that do we interact with? Um and I started to even teach other businesses some of these ideas and realized there were three other groups that organizations work with, uh, the first being your local community. Um, so Laterza, for example, we're actually in a kind of a poorer neighborhood in Cincinnati, but we're also a premium coffee brand, so there's some gap to that. You know, how do we make a positive impact in our local community How and, you know, um, we've played with the idea of having like a pay it forward cafe at the roastery. Um, really what we're trying to do is how, how can we create an environment that is um, building into the community for jobs, um, maybe creating some open desks opportunities and empowering uh, people that live in our community to, to start their own businesses and kind of equipping them on that, that end. Um, but that's a question that we're constantly wrestling with and, I think a lot of companies um, can do a good job of that. And, and we talked in the first segment just this idea of third place and, and really for us that the majority of our business is wholesale where we're selling to 
coffee shops and cafes. And that social component, creating safety in, in conversation, is a small thing, but it's such a critical thing in our society. Um, how do we help a coffee shop create this safe place for uh, lots of different levels of relationship um, yeah. and, and really be, have a stake in their community uh, on that level? Um, you know, it, uh, I, I often say to my coffee shops and the baristas that we're teaching that, you know, that level of relationship is really critical. And I would even argue it's one of our society's greatest means right now that we've kind of lost the art of dialogue and we've lost the art of conflict. Um, I think we have even misassociated the word conflict with fighting. You know, when we talk about war, sometimes we talk about how it's a conflict. Um, I think war is evidence that you can't be in conflict. Or when we fight with somebody else, it's because we're no longer able to be in conflict. And conflict at its pure form is actually a very healthy thing. My wife and I, like, we don't fight very often or are not in conflict very often. But when we are in conflict, we we work really hard to figure out, like, why did we make each other mad? And 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 our marriage is always better as a result of healthy conflict. And I think we've that's an art that we've lost as a society. So how do we yeah. empower our coffee shops to create these environments? And that's a very great way that a uh, an organization can put a kind of a stake in the uh, sand uh, for for creating a you know a, a communal uh, aspect, a local aspect of being a light in their community. Um, the sixth group is the environment uh, that I started to realize. You know, how are we playing our role with the planet? And really, that's being a global citizen. That we all share this planet. So how do we uh, what role are we playing? As, as I started to kind of lay all these out, Laterza wasn't doing very much in the environment category. We were, we had um, biodegradable coffee bags, but other than that, we weren't doing anything. And it, it kind of hit me that one of the important pieces of this is that we do small steps in each one of these areas instead of maybe big initiatives. Um, so the environment category, we were, I had just purchased the business. We were really trying to build it. And we brought in a, an expert to talk, look at our, um, you know, electricity usage and, um, you know, moving to a LED certified building or LEED certified building wasn't really an option. Um, retrofitting our building with new lighting wasn't really an option. All these were very expensive initiatives, but we were able to do something small. So I was able to call our local um, recycling company and get a recycling dumpster next to our facility. And so we could make that small step. And, and again, just like the sourcing that we keep, you know, growing and building that small step is really kind of a critical piece is let's just do something small and then let's do something else small and let's, let's do something else small. So now we have compostable packaging. We have a recycling program that we've got at our facility um, and we're now all the coffee that we brew um, we save as compost and we have a local farm that we take all the coffee to. So just playing our role with the environment is continuing to um, progress. And that's been really exciting. So exciting. Definitely. You're definitely promoting relationships through coffee, David, and setting really a true example. Uh, and you're even writing a book about social enterprise. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. 
so the book, and it is all this journey of coffee and, and learning from other businesses and some fun and creative things that they're doing to make deep impacts. Um, you know, one example of just the environment category, there's a great brewery in Florida uh, called Saltwater Brewing, I believe, and they created a six-pack um, ring instead of the plastic rings that normally hold six cans of beer. They created oh, right. one that was uh, from... It's uh, made from the spent grains of the beer, but it's um, been filled with nutrition and it's actually become um, food for the fish. So, you know, that's a fun, creative way to do something uh, for the environment and it's not polluting the earth, but it's actually bringing life to the earth. So that's what just, I, I love being able to share Latesa's story through the lens of coffee, but with so many other great coffee, um, businesses. You know, each one of these are businesses and, and small business owners and, and corporations can actually build into uh, these systems. So the book is just, again, defining social enterprise as, as simply as treating other people the way you would want to be treated. Then in each of these seven categories, so we talked about sourcing, uh, our team, um, our customer, our competitor, the, our local community, the environment. And then the last category is is self-care. So many people that are involved with social businesses or nonprofits and really for-profits too, we've, we are trying to take, help take care of other people and, and be a positive force. Um, and, and, uh, social entrepreneurs are using their business to be able to make positive impacts to the people that they interact with. Um, and we can quickly forget about taking care of ourselves in the process. And yeah. if we don't have that balance, then really we can take care of people for a short period of time, but at some point it becomes unsustainable. So how do we take care of ourselves, make sure that we have an appropriate work-life balance, um, you know, spend equal time with our family as we w- and friends as we would our businesses and organizations and people we're trying to help. And that gives us some health and safety to be able then to continue to build into all these other groups of people that we interact with. So, um, so the book is breaking down all of those ideas and the final piece being how do we do something small in each of these areas? You know, again, we talked about the environment, but like on, on the, even the personal side, you know, changing a diet is maybe, um, you know, something that we probably all need to do. But the more sustainable way to do that is just to do what's one small change that we can make and how do we make that a habit and then how do we build on that and how do we give ourselves grace when we fail um, and, and all of these categories, it's the same thing. You know, how do we do something small and grow and build a new habit and also give us grace, gives ourselves grace when we maybe don't aren't as effective as we want to be and you pick yourself back up and try again and, um, you know, that's been such these Things that I've learned through Leterza that have been such a great um, uh, visual for for other businesses, and that's that's what I'm really passionate about. Um, and Leterza has been just such a great way to share with other businesses, um, maybe to make a way to make deeper impacts. So that's where I've gotten involved with the Social Enterprise Alliance here in yes. Cincinnati. Uh, it's a great organization. It's a national organization. Um, a lot of online resources, a lot of local chapters throughout the country. Um, but, uh, even if you don't have a local chapter, it's just a great 
organization uh, to check out a lot of uh, good online resources and fellows programs. And um, you can have calls with other CEOs and, and have them look at the aspects of your business. Um, and then uh, in Cincinnati, we have a very active chapter and I've become uh, just this last month is now the, the chairperson of our chapter. Um, so my hope with that is that all these businesses that maybe are doing something really cool and unique and special that we all kind of come together and share our stories and share what we're learning and share our failures and learning from those. And, you know, I, I truly believe that this kind of business is going to usher in a, such a great economy that um, will f- help everybody flourish um, from, again, even the sourcing people from all over the world. Uh, so there's something just very beautiful about all of that. And I think that the world is going to change for, uh, for the better, the more businesses that uh, as businesses begin to engage in this way. So true, David. And I can't tell you how grateful we are to you, first of all, for sharing your stories with our listeners, but also for all that you do for the community. We are so grateful to you, and I think your book is going to be very helpful for others. And, you know, your seven ideas that really can make a difference, how we take small steps, um, I think that's so encouraging for others as well. So thank you for sharing that. I hope in between all the good that you do, David, that you also are being good to yourself and hopefully yeah. finding time to, to maybe, I know you like whitewater kayaking or biking. I hope you have time sometimes to do those fun things too. Well, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge. But, um, you know, I think even uh, I love teaching about self-care. And I think one of the reasons why I love it so much is it, it's a constant reminder that that's what I need to be working on too. Like I'm not an expert in any of these categories. We're just <laughs> constantly learning and growing and hopefully helping other people, you know, uh, do that as well. <laughs> you are. And we so appreciate that. So it sounds like one of your big trips coming up down the road is the one to Honduras. Um, do you have some other projects down the road that you'd like to share? Um, yeah, our biggest thing right now is just, um, again, how do we help uh, wholesale coffee shops really thrive? Uh, or not their wholesale, the way that we look at them, but those neighborhood community coffee shops. Um, and, and as our business has, has grown and developed, we're really trying to give as many resources as possible to shop owners and independent uh, coffee shops um, really be successful. So we've always had great coffee, and Chuck has done such an amazing job. Robert, you know, again, those two working together, just uh, the coffee is great. But recognizing that um, for a coffee shop to really be successful, that they need a good maintenance program. So we have a, another team member that's joined that and it has taken its own um, vertical in that and where we do new sales. We actually do used sales and refurbish a lot of equipment so that maybe that mom and pop shop has a few other options, And but it's also with equipment that we can be proud to stand behind um, and yes. some maintenance programs to keep all that going. Um, we have a vertical of... Uh, training. So um, how do, you know, all of the training that goes in, especially on the espresso side of things, we do that for our accounts um, and and try to take that burden off of the owners and, and really help fo- 
build programs so that there's always a great onboarding systems and things like that. And then the fourth vertical that we've added this year was it's really just kind of like business support. So um, we're actually piloting a program right now where it's kind of a coffee executive course where we uh, do everything from cost of goods and how much your product should cost you and how, how to make new menu items and figure out the price point. So the very practical side of business to a lot of how to teach your baristas and, and uh, again, recognizing their role in the community and building into their team that way um, to even that team culture, um, how to create a team culture, and especially as most coffee shops and cafes, at least in the Midwest, uh, employ um, a lot of high school students and college students. So it can be difficult to create a team culture but how important it is to still do that. And when you do kind of uh, create that great brand and culture, that uh, student that might graduate and move to a different part of the country or whatever, um, if there's a team culture and they love their work and love working for your cafe, they're likely to, you know, find a friend that wants to work and join the team too. So, you know, it really is just a great way to, continue to build into your team and your cafe and all that kind of stuff. So trying to give full level support um, that for an independent shop that you might get out of more of a corporation setting. Right. I think you have definitely accomplished your, one of your missions and that is the educator mission that you definitely are bringing, excuse me, excuse me, you're bringing sort of that that educational piece to La Terza along the way, um, and and you have so many elements to the business, but you're you're definitely very um, good about making sure you're sharing in the forefront that social enterprise element, whether it's with some of these students or new employees or your team or the competition or even your customers. It's it's all a really nice. Um, way that you have to promote this social impact and make a difference in the world. And I, I think you do that through developing those relationships, and those can have such a positive impact definitely on the world. So it's been so wonderful to chat with you, David. We are so honored to have had you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing about La Terza, how the, how the business began, how you took it over, the stories of how you develop um, your missions and, of course, creating delicious coffee as utmost priority and making your customers feel like they are family. It has been so nice to hear your stories. So thank you, David. We've been so delighted yeah, to you. have you today. Thanks. And, thank of you course, for to our listeners, <laughs> thank you for joining us, David. And for our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so fun again to hear Stories about promoting relationships through coffee with David, like David Gaines from La Terza. I think it's fascinating to learn that there are businesses, we certainly have missions in our business, but how we treat others and how we actually share um, some of that knowledge with other businesses is really important. And I think La Terza does such an amazing job with that. So thank you for that. And listeners, of course, we can continue the conversation we're always so grateful when you join us. Um, you can always, we have a gift 
on Anitona for our listeners. And, of course, if you'd like to continue the conversation, please don't hesitate to send us questions. Twitter at Anitona Farm and, of course, radio at MyFavoriteCoffeeStory.com. It's been such a nice time together. We wish you a great, relaxing week. And, of course, we look forward to being together again on My Favorite Coffee Story next week. In the meantime, we wish you a big aloha. Thank you for taking an hour out of your busy week to join us on My Favorite Coffee Story. Please tune in again for another edition with your host, Aniko Samoji, next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, we hope you'll have a relaxing week.